Hey guys, it's Brand here. Today, Ken and I sit down with new friends of the show, Jacquees, aka JT, to talk about identity. Y'all, this episode is so good. We walk through the timeline of JT's life as he discovers himself and how God has been in the details of it all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Brandy! What's up, Kenna? I have missed you, um, mm. but I saw you like a week ago. Yeah. Was it a week ago? I don't know. I was about to say. Yeah. We're doing better. No, no, no. It was. It wasn't a week. It was Monday. I saw you Monday? No, maybe not. Okay. But I missed you. Nonetheless. Okay, yay, we're here, girl. All right, so today I'm super excited. I'm actually excited every day. Right. We have an (laughs) We have an amazing guest with us today. So uh, let's get right into it because there is a lot to talk about. All right, that's good. Like a lot. So with us today we have Jacquees. JT, Terry, how you doing, JT? I'm doing good. How y'all doing today? Doing well. Fabulous, fabulous. So let me just be like official and read this about you. Okay. So I actually met you. First of all, your reputation preceded you before I met you. Okay. Hopefully, was, good in a good way. Right. Yeah, it was, okay. but all I was right. like, I don't know who this man is. <laughs> who is that? Like. Uh, Kiki Palmer's little meme. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, I don't know this man. Like, who is he? Who do you speak of? Um, and then I met you at an outreach uh, mm-hmm. that um, an organization you're a part of was hosting. Yeah. And I was a, being a mentor there. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's JT. Okay, here we go. All right. <laughs> so JT is a man mm-hmm. of many hats. But one big thing, um, and what we'll talk about today yeah. is... He is the CEO, president, founder. Um, wow. Okay. Excuse me. It's off now. <laughs> CEO, president, founder of Empower University, mm-hmm. which is a big piece of your story. It is. It is. Probably how so many people know you at uh-huh. this point. So, Empower University is a nonprofit organization in the southeastern region whose mission is to mitigate the social, economic, physical, and mental difficulties of youth at risk. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm all down for that because I love the at-risk babies. Uh, That's very special to my heart. Uh, Brand loves the kids. Yes, and that's my neighborhood. Speedy love the kids. Speedy love the kids. Okay, that's another name for you guys to learn. (laughs) Jacquees, JT, Speedy. We might give him another one today. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But through your organization, you all pretty much mentor youth through education, counseling, Mm -hmm. physical fitness, and training. That's a lot. I love it, one, Mm -hmm. because it's black men. You know, I was looking through the, you know, team. Mm -hmm. I was like, come on now. That's what I like to see. As an educator, we always talk about a lack of black men. Right. A lack of males in general. Yeah. So I think We have a beautiful black woman on there as well. My uh, secretary. Okay. Jasmine. Yes, you know, it's always a woman in the mix somewhere. Wait, why she not picture this? I'm I'm going to let y'all explain. I'm going to let her explain that to y'all. Hold on, sis. Where you at? We need to see you. No, sis. You good behind the scenes. Because guess what? The job is still getting done. Beautiful woman talking about she got to get headshots and all this got a thousand pictures in our phone so i feel that though but we need to see you that's awesome okay cool so basically um for you guys out there first of all how y'all doing we love y'all we're back sooner than later yes Mm. what you told y'all so yay for jesus um (laughs) so basically the overall topic today i would say is pretty much about identity Mm -hmm. how you go from finding your identity as an athlete 
to finding your identity in Christ, mm. right? All right, so one of our, well, not one of our, our tagline is God is in the details. Um, I think for me, I didn't realize that till I was older because mm-hmm. you go through life and you're just like, where is this God? And yeah. you're like, oh, like he was always there. So with that, we like to ask, like, how has God been in your details? Man, um, <clears throat> God has been in my details in, from the beginning of my, my life. I, I look back on situations and, you know, growing up in the environment that I grew up in, I used to wonder, like, why did not I want to, when everybody wanted to go do the wrong thing, I never wanted to do that. You know, it, it, it wasn't that I wasn't in the environment. I, w- I was there. I was with them. But I never wanted to do those things. And then I look back at how God has allowed me to touch different uh, careers, um, to professionally as sports, um, education-wise, the environment that I grew up in, my background, uh, being from a single mother household. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I look back at that and I'm like, oh, why did you allow me to see all these things but never really go in depth with them? And he was like, because I was preparing you for what I'm walking through now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I have that heart to want to physically, socially, economically, and mentally um, help out the youth as much as we can because God has allowed me to uh, see those different avenues in my life. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why. And now he's showing me why because I have... He has given me wisdom and knowledge in so many different areas. Now it's time for me to pass that back. So he's been, a, been God has been in the details every every step of the way, even when I didn't know it, even when I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely a blessing to look back on it now and to understand that everything was purposeful. Uh, yeah. yeah. That reminds me of Travis Green has a song, uh, You Keep Me, I think. Yeah. And just... When you look back over your life and you're like, God, you really were covering me in all these situations. You know what? Give one up for God. (laughs) So you talked about being raised in a single parent household. Did Mm -hmm. you have like a mentor, mentee that you are um, like as yourself? Um, I actually didn't. I I think, um, you know, I was talking to one of my friends about the other day. I think if I did have that, I probably wouldn't have the passion that I have right now. So that's actually the motivation behind Empire University for years. I mean, from the time I was five years old to in my early 20s, I wanted a mentor. I yearned for it. Um, And because I didn't have that, I made a promise to not only myself, but especially to God that when you allow me to walk in my calling, I would not allow another young man that you put in front of me or a young lady to go through the same things that I went through, um, not having anyone there to even just talk to him, whether it's a conversation, one or two conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have that mentor. This is actually this year, it's the first time I actually had any type of mentor. Um, I have two spiritual mentors right now who are awesome. Yeah. Uh, mighty men of God, uh, mighty men of value, integrity. Yeah. So my first time ever in my life, 29 years old, having mentors. So, yeah. Uh, it's important to have that uh, accountability. It is. And it's being able to, you're pouring into so many people, yeah. having somebody be pouring, pouring back into, into you. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And God probably saved it for the time when you would need it. Exactly. When you're exactly. covering people, mm-hmm. it's important for someone to cover you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's awesome. And that's another another way I know that he was in the details because I, like, I, I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted that, that, that mentor. 
And as, <clears throat> as much pain that it brought, that pain was turned into my purpose, you know? Yeah. And so he used all that to, to, to allow me to walk into the purpose and the calling that I have right now. So he definitely been in the details. Man. He's dope like that, so yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go back because you're from Bama. Woo woo, yeah. roll tide. <laughs> I don't want to hear it from this side, okay? Uh, I you ain't going to hear it over here either. Right. That's, right. Right. That's, the roll tide. That's fine. Right. I stand alone. Right. I stand alone, okay? Roll I'm tide. a confident woman. I can do it by myself. Um, so you're from Phoenix City, Alabama. First of all, Three. I didn't even know where that was until yeah. you told me. PC, three, three, four. That she called in Roadside, Alabama. She don't even. I didn't even know. Well, first of all, they're in Tuscaloosa, so that's all I need to know. It, it don't matter. Tuscaloosa is just as small as Phoenix City. Right. Whatever. <laughs> don't do that. Don't. See, I don't <laughs> like this right now. Okay. Um, so, what was it like growing up in Phoenix City, and to like the dynamics like of your family? Was it yeah. just mom? Did you have? Grandma, anybody mm-hmm. else around to help rear you into the world? So, um, you know, I know this is as many of the black families. The grandmother was the, the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. she was she was our rock. It's kind of like, like my family's kind of like that. Uh, the movie Soul Food. You know, my, mm-hmm. my grandmother was that rock. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was five years old, she had a massive stroke. So mm-hmm. she she was a double amputee, bedridden for ten years, and so wow. she couldn't be that rock in the family anymore. And so I grew up, um, I have an older brother, he's seven years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, single mother, um, she, she raised us, but I had my aunts that was around that, you know, did everything that they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix City, Alabama, small town, it's a real small town. Um, I grew up in public housing, in the projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, she would she allowed me to be around it, but wouldn't allow me to be in the streets. Mm-hmm. Like my mother was, she, she ain't play. She mm-hmm. ain't play no games, man. But I look back mm-hmm. on that and I thank her for that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, we're going to get real, real on here. I, uh, we like that. See, I, I, my last name is Terry. Mm-hmm. My mom is a Willis. Um, so the guy and my dad is actually a Mullins. So my last name is Terry. Dad is a Mullins. My mom is a Willis. And uh, so I don't have any any of my, my mother and my dad's last name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because, you know, until I was 12 years old, I really didn't know who my father was. Well, I thought mm-hmm. one guy was my father, but, you know, come to find out that, you know, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out who my actual dad was, um, you know, I never changed my name. And so, you know, the person that signed my birth certificate is not even my father. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, just a lot of confusion growing up, you mm-hmm. know, to be honest. Um, you know, you're seeing things. Your mother is telling you one thing um, right, and mm-hmm. then you're seeing in the streets everything that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of conflicted. You don't know which way to go because everybody else is doing this, but your mother is, is telling you that that's not the right thing. Yeah. So, um, but my mom, man, worked two jobs, you know, when she could. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would pick us up, take us to school. Um, my mother, I can count on one hand how many games she missed out of from the time I was five till I was probably 25. You know, I can mm-hmm. count on my hand wow. how many games that she missed despite everything that was, you know, against her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the dynamic of my family, man. I, uh, I had a big family at one time and then, you know, old age and things of that mm-hmm. nature, people start. Uh, passing away but but you know my family was close-knit um phoenix city has a is a a high crime rate so it was a lot of that going on in the city 
but it's also a, a beautiful city with a lot of people with a lot of talent mm-hmm. um, flourished mm-hmm. and um, some people made it out some people didn't but mm-hmm. you know I'm proud of my city um, I love it and um, I can't wait for that time where God is allowing me to give back as much as I can to my city mm-hmm. yeah come on now so one thing you said stood out um, about not knowing your birth father until you were 12 yeah. so the father that you knew up until that point was he involved in your life outside of signing your birth certificate? Uh, nah, he wasn't. No? He okay. wasn't. Ain't no disrespect to him, but he yeah. was. Uh, I used to see him maybe once a year. Mm, okay. Um, see him once a year, and I um I used to remember vividly like when I was around eight or nine years old. I used to be in the back seat with my mom, mm-hmm. and she used to be driving. Uh, so Columbus, Georgia, and Phoenix City, Alabama, five minutes apart. Mm-hmm. So Georgia and Alabama, right there. So. We used to go to uh, Columbus, Georgia, and mm-hmm. she used to follow this mail truck um, on this route. Mm-hmm. And I used to remember sometimes, you know, the dude who was in the truck, he'll get out, he'll come speak to me. Um, sometimes he, you know, give me some money. Sometimes he wouldn't, mm-hmm. and I didn't wasn't really understanding what was going on at at that point. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, that's when I found out that he was my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because uh, I was just wondering if, like, if the guy was active in your life then mm-hmm. find out he's not your father like what well i mean that still could have had an effect yeah. obviously on you but he had um his sister uh she played a big part and when i was growing up you know okay. i thought she was just a close friend of my mother so it was kind of one of those situations yeah. where this person is around mm-hmm. I, she's a co- close friend of my mom she mm-hmm. does for me but i think i'm thinking she's you know doing for me because she's my mom's friend and you know, the whole time on her nephew. So yeah. yeah. Wow. What was that moment like? And this is probably like in the thought process of things that ha- have happened in your future. But yeah. when you're just like unraveling all the confusion, like what does your mind say? Um, I, I just thank God for the grace because to be real with you, I was never explained. Mm. Nothing was ever explained. Um, you know, I. My father had a family, um, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I came from a uh, from an infidelity situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was kind of that child that nobody spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, so me being birthed brought a lot of pain uh, to that family, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it was my fault at all. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't my fault at all, but it's just you know. It's a situation that was unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you know, as we see many times in the word, I know I was just reminded about how when David, you know, uh, was with Bathsheba, and you know, and mm-hmm. he had a child, and then Solomon came from that, and then <laughs> right. you yeah. go down the line, and, yeah. and 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 Jesus came from that mm-hmm. bloodline. So okay. you know, those mistakes can it definitely can be turn into miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Definitely. Wow. So growing up in the household with your mom, mm-hmm. and you talked about how close knit your family was, did you have a foundation in the church at that point? Yeah, the foundation. The foundation was my mama making me go to church. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that hey, was, that okay. was a foundation. Shout out to That's most black moms exactly, in America. Exactly, you know, exactly. you gotta go sit here. Like no dragging more. me out of bed. That's to go to right. Church. That was the foundation. Yes. That, yeah. that seed was planted, though. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. And I'm gonna be real with you, like, you know, and it's. Not just talking, not talking about my mom, but just in the church mm-hmm. I grew up in, amazing people, mm-hmm. amazing people. But it was it was a situation to where I used to see everybody 
you know, everybody's good on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, it is what it is, you know. And so that's what I grew up thinking a relationship Mm -hmm. with God was or what God was. As long as I'm good on Sunday, I'm straight, you know. And so that's what growing up, you know, till I was 18, 19, till I got on my own and God, you know, showed me that it's about relations, Mm -hmm. relationship with him. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought my whole life. Well, yeah, me too. Exactly. I mean, a lot of yeah, people probably. Yeah. 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 I was just like, oh wait, mind blown. Exactly. I can like know the person who we were writing about here. Wow. Okay. Yep. So, you like many other young boys in your mm-hmm. situation got into sports. Exactly. Mm, all right. So, when did you start playing? What did you play? What do you like? Just tell us all about the athletic side. Are you naturally athletic? You got to work hard. Like, That's a lot of questions. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to unravel. I know. But he has it. He has it in his mind. I have faith in him. Yeah, I got it. I got it. You know what? I saw her down because she'll get the going. You too today. Hey, it's my dog right here. I like Brandon. I do as good. I'm, I'm, I'll answer the easy one first. The okay. last question that you asked me, the natural <laughs> athlete at work. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been both. Um, it's crazy. My mother wasn't, you know, athletic. She didn't mm-hmm. play sports. My father wasn't either. So, but I was birthed as a, a, a gifted and a natural athlete. But, um, like I said, back to those details, mm-hmm. I feel like God gave me like a, a spirit of humility as a young age to mm-hmm. know that this can easily be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you may be gifted. You may be naturally an athlete, but you got to work hard mm-hmm. to maintain that. So that's what it was. I was I was probably one of the most gifted athletes, but also one of the most hardest workers there were. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Y'all yeah. listening, children. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, sports, man, sports came into my life. Uh, I started playing sports at five. Um, mm-hmm. I started with football first. And um, went from football to, we were playing softball then, mm-hmm. and then softball to basketball. And um, I remember at one point, maybe I was like eight or nine years old, I was playing four sports at one time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> playing basketball, softball, and baseball. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing uh, football as well. But um, football was the first sport that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but basketball was the first sport that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was the first sport that I fell in love with. Still to this day. Really? Still to this day. Yeah. What's the difference? That's just like me asking because I mm-hmm. think of myself as a football girl naturally. Like yeah. Kind of growing up through high school. But now, like that I have to support the kids. Mm-hmm. I like basketball. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I basketball, I mean, basketball one of those, one of those sports that you can kind of see the talent more vividly mm-hmm. like you see like man this this dude can jump he can run he can mm-hmm. he can he can steal he can pass like you see it more vividly where football is so much going on right. like mm-hmm. people can actually hide you know you mm-hmm. can you cannot know how talented somebody is because it's five right. other talented yeah. players on the field with them at the same time yeah. so basketball is that sport that you know it is is more it's you can you can be more of an individual in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, football is more of that team sport. But basketball is that one that you can really see the true and raw talent of a player. So that's why I really like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so you want to be seen as well? Nah, you know. Oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we all went to high school, right? So we know, like, how they classify, like, high schoolers. Like, you got yeah. the jocks, the nerds, the blah, 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 whatever. Uh-huh. So you would have been a jock. Actually, I was 
I was a, a jerk. If it is okay, boxing. yeah, I was a, a jock and a nerd. All right, but um, the people probably saw you mostly for your athletic. It, it side. depends. It depends. Okay. It depends. My teachers probably saw me as a nerd. Um, yeah. My peers probably saw me as a as a jock. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know the peers are the only people that count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, he said he was the, the, the man yeah. for the people. He <laughs> like the man for the people. <laughs> the people's man. Uh, yeah. President, uh, 2030? I don't oh, know. I don't can, know. Can we'll see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as long as y'all on my campaign, I'm good. Yeah. We got you. Um, so with that, with mm-hmm. being like a jock or just like an athlete, a yeah. good, a talented athlete on campus mm-hmm. comes a lot of validation externally. Yeah. Um, how did that affect you? Was it external validation first or internal? Like, you know, I want to be seen on a man. Yeah. They kind of got your ego going. I mean, it started at a young age. Um, I know I mentioned the fact that my father wasn't there. Yeah. My mother showed us a lot of tough love. You know, mm, she, was, okay. she, was, she was hard on us, but she loved us to death. Yeah. And so I needed... I needed somebody to say, man, hey, you're doing a good job. Or yeah. you're the best athlete i ever seen. Yeah. Or keep going. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I was getting that, I was getting that from my mother's actions. But verbally, mm-hmm. it was coming from sports, from yeah. a coach, mm-hmm. from people okay. in the stands. From mm-hmm. You know, um, I got the nickname Speedy when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, everybody just knew me as the fastest kid in the city. Mm-hmm. And so... Every time somebody would see me run or, you know, see me have a touchdown or, you know, see me score a basket, that's what I was, I was feeding it. I was feeding off that. I was getting my validation, my identity, my acceptance, you know, mm-hmm. my aliveness, all that stuff came from, from sports. Yeah. And it started at a, a early age and, you know, it continued on for the rest of my life. The higher and higher that I got with my level of, of playing sports, um, the more and more that I fed off of it. Um, and the more and more that I needed it in order for me to continue to be the person that I thought I was, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Affirmation yeah. Yeah. is a big thing it is. that um, we sometimes miss. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so when did it go from, though, like affirmation or did it ever go from affirmation to like cockiness? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I... For some reason, I've never, I've never had like an ego. Mm-hmm. I've never had an ego. It, it always, it always was a humility. Mm-hmm. Like I needed you to tell me mm-hmm. that I was good, mm-hmm. but my actions didn't show that. You know, yeah. Like it was a heart thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was an internal thing, yeah. and it was, it was, it was because I was, I was needing that mentor. I was needing somebody to, that I wanted to look up to. Mm-hmm. You know. And because I didn't have that, now I needed to feel like I'm a loved, I'm, I'm accepted, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it never really turned, because uh, I don't like attention, man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. contrary to what people may <laughs> think about athletes, Ooh, man, wait. most of us, we don't like attention, you know. Right. Some of them do, some of them feel like, I want yeah. you to see me on the basketball yeah. court. Right? See, I want you to see mm-hmm. me, but I, ain't, I want you to say something, but then when you mm-hmm. said something, I was like, man, appreciate it, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like showing number of humility. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm just, I'm just like you. You know, throwing yeah. little things okay. like that. So, and uh, I, I don't, I don't really like attention towards myself. Mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, it's weird because I needed you to say something to me, but I don't want the attention though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, I really want to be the most humble person on the court. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be the, the the most seen for my humbleness yeah. on the court, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which yeah. can also kind of be like a form of, like, exactly, 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 on, you know, exactly. low-key. But, but it but, never came you know, out that way. Yeah. And yeah. internally, it never felt that way. I'm going to be real. It never yeah. felt like, like, man, I'm getting over myself. I'm, I'm, I'm way... You know, over my yeah. own head, and it never felt. You that. always felt humble. I always felt humble. <laughs> I always felt humble. I always felt humble. Wow, that's pretty decent. So, did you um, ever consider yourself a leader, being a jerd on <laughs> campus, the jock and the nerd? Did Did you stand out? Did you consider yourself a leader? Uh, Brandy, I, I think I've always been a always been a leader. Okay. Always been a leader my entire life. Um, I think that's one of the gifts that that god has given me um and it's something that i've i've uh, i found out and i really accepted it as a young kid um and so it, it 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 started when i was young and despite it's crazy despite the 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 deficiencies that i had in certain areas mm-hmm. i was still able to to lead yeah um and so you know i was definitely definitely uh blessed with that 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 leadership spirit since I was a young kid, so. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yep. So, at what point um, did you realize that it was all about um, being an athlete and mm-hmm. nothing else? Or was there something else there as well? Um, I realized, the point that I realized that it was all about being an athlete when it was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like uh, God had closed every door. Um, it wasn't because I'm my lack of uh, hard work or dedication or mm-hmm. I stopped dreaming or I stopped working towards it. Uh, when football and uh, athletics was taken away from me at a competitive uh, point, then that's when I realized, like, man, like, I was looking for this my whole life to bring me my joy, to bring me my purpose, my worth. Mm-hmm. And now that it's gone, now where do I look to for that? Yeah. You know? so, wow. The point that it was taken away from me is when I had to realize that I had built my whole entire life off the the identity that I was an athlete mm-hmm. and that I needed the acceptance of other people instead of the acceptance of God. Wow. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. What was that like? Because I know a lot of um, men have been in your position yeah. where they're like athlete, star, exactly. big fish, little pond, uh, little fish, big whatever, yeah. and then it's like gone. Yep. It's it's uh. It's it's a it's a crazy uh, experience because it's something that you've been doing. Like I said, I started when I was five years old, mm-hmm. and I ended at twenty four. So that's almost twenty years yeah. worth wow. of sacrifice and putting your body through this and praying and dreaming, mm-hmm. hoping um, mm-hmm. a lot of these things. And when you don't get it in the manner in which you felt like you deserve it, then it's like it's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of confusion and it's a lot of um, you got to break down those walls that you built up for 20 years yeah. and you know it doesn't happen in one day yeah. um, so for me you know the situation once that happened that was my first pretty much my first battle with depression yeah. um, like I it wasn't like I didn't have a backup plan mm-hmm. like I was a you know two time academic all American in college come on yeah man. grew up I, I, I had a I I had one C my entire life. Wow. From from the time. Was it in geometry? No, nah, it was in okay, uh, I think it was in physics. No, physics too. I knew yeah, you were yeah, about it was to say physics. Physics. I like 
Yeah, I ain't, mess, I ain't mess with the sign. Oh, I want no sign, dude. But it was it was my going into my senior year of college. Uh, it's physics two or three. I don't even know how far they go up. But it was one of them in the summertime, and uh, I got my first C. And uh, even up, I got my master's. Didn't even get a, a B in my master's. So mm-hmm. only one C my whole life. And so it was, I I think my mom, if she hear this, she gonna know. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but I, uh, it wasn't like I didn't have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. You know, I was smart. I could have done a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but I had put so much pressure on myself my whole entire life. Um, I wanted to make it to that point as an athlete so I can give back to my family, Mm -hmm. uh, my friends, my community, Mm -hmm. my church, my Mm -hmm. school. I prayed that every single day from the time I was 12 years old mm-hmm. till I was, you know, my early 20s. I prayed it every single day. Yeah, and yeah. so at that point, that's when I called myself getting mad at God. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I prayed this, and you right. told me to have faith, and I Correct. went out and, and, right. and tried to get it, and yeah. it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So what's good, bro? Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and, and that's how I looked at it Sometimes at that point. Questions. And yeah, so, right. and, and like I said, my first, my first, and I used to wonder, like, man, what, depression like I'm joyous like and, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying it ain't until it until you know you face with a situation you know you you never know how much you trust God until you really have to trust him yeah. yes. and so that was my first situation on my own to where I really had to trust God I couldn't rely on my mother's faith yeah. mm-hmm. I had to go through a situation on my own yeah. and it was a life-changing one That's yeah. awesome. wow That's awesome. so did you have someone to like uh tell you, hey, JT, look, you don't seem like yourself. Like, you know, this door closed, but another mm-hmm. one is there to open. Or yeah. was, was it a self-reflecting thing? You know, like, okay, well, God, this was the plan I thought I was going on, yeah. but you see differently, so. Mm-hmm. It was more, it was definitely, Brandy, more of a self-reflection thing. Okay. To be honest, me just saying that a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. will be the first time anybody has ever heard that. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, I was able to carry it well if, yeah. if, if, if whatever you say like most but, people as right. I, but um but it was definitely a self-reflection one I had to really look in the mirror and be like you know what was I was I chasing out the God because of what he could give me mm-hmm. or, or was I chasing out the God because of who he is right. like I was like God man I, I had you there the whole time like it wasn't like I was you were absent he was like yeah I was in the passenger seat though you know yeah. and you was driving yeah, right. you know so that that situation, I had to really have that self reflection. I had to dig deep yeah. because I'm, you know, what them boys say: you keep it a hundred, keep it a stack. You know, <laughs> I always, I always was a person that did that. Yeah, and so, yeah. if I can't be real with myself, I can't be real with anybody else. Yeah. So the first person that I had to reflect upon was myself, and that's what I did. And it started the journey that I'm on now. You know, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a lot because that journey, you know, everybody doesn't make it out the way you did. Yeah. Right. You know, some people, ten years, you know, exactly. later, still mm-hmm. trying to write. When I was, uh, you know, and I find it so interesting how we love God so much when He's like our little genie, you exactly. know, mm-hmm. granting yeah. all our wishes until. He shows us (laughs) that your plan is not mine. Exactly. Wow. So that must have been one of those moments like, God, like I'm trying to do your work essentially. Exactly. You took my option. Mm -hmm. But he's like, "Uh, no, I didn't. But you didn't know that at at that point. I didn't know that. I definitely didn't know that. I thought that was 
plan A, B, and C. Right. No other, yeah. no other option. Even though I'm sure, you know, since you were the people's man, you had teachers probably all your life. Oh, yeah. You know, pushing the other side exactly. into you as That's well. That's all they did. That's but you were just did. like, mm, yep. the money, exactly. the opportunities coming from mm-hmm. sports. It was a platform. I'm going to be yeah. real with you. I'm okay. going to be honest. Like, my heart was always in the right place. That, that was, That's what made it more, uh, <laughs> it, it hurt it. The yeah, most because yeah. I'm like uh, you knew my motives you know my heart yeah. you knew you knew what I wanted to do with that platform mm-hmm. and it was kind of like well like well what's up man like if 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 you knew my heart and my motives in the right place and you didn't give me that then it must be something greater that you have for me yeah yeah, yeah. right I think the testimony makes a difference it, it does. does it definitely does <laughs> for everybody it does. you know you it can't stand does. in front of I'm sure the kids or yep. adults you stand in front of. You ain't been through nothing. Huh? Because they don't be like, I do. Exactly, like, bro. You, you don't whatever. know half of the things right. I'm going through. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And don't you, gosh, like sometimes we wish like, if I could have not gone through that. Yep. Yeah. But then you see it in the future and you're like, okay. I'm glad I did. I get it. Yep. All right. So this surrendering to God. Mm. Woo. Mm. <laughs> what was that like? Like really getting to know him? Because Brandon and I talk about this all the time. Going from, like, routine, just like yeah. you said, you know, mm-hmm. like, you just go to church because your mama made you. Exactly. And then the pastor say something, he read it from the King James Version, King, and you exactly. don't know what's don't happening. Know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about that after, after church yeah, dinner. Exactly. Like, yep. Right. Yep. While everybody's gossiping at the, at you know, church. at about the About what's about to happen mm-hmm. after church. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then to, like, oh, like, I can know you. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Man, it was, uh... It was refreshing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, painful at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to die to myself. Yeah. You know, uh, twenty yeah. years of my life believing one way about God. I had to start. It was it was learning and unlearning at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which can be difficult. Right. You know, because uh, you you like, well, this, is this right? Is this right? Is this not right? And so it was it was it was definitely. Uh, like I said, some some long nights, mm-hmm. a lot of praying, a lot of crying, you know, mm-hmm. surrendering. Yeah. yeah, men cry, you know, yeah. so especially <laughs> in, the, in points like that in your life, man, yeah. where you surrender it all to God. And, you know, even then when I first started the journey, mm-hmm. it wasn't really true surrender. I was still trying to have one foot in and mm-hmm. one foot out in the world. But, you know, it, it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. And so when I started at 23, it, it doesn't look the same way as it is now at mm-hmm. 29. Yeah. Um, you know, you you try things out and mm-hmm. you still figure like like God like nah, bro. You know, that <laughs> right, right. you know you know you ain't supposed to be doing that either. Right, right. You know, and you try to you know <laughs> you try to make a way exactly, out of nowhere. Try to make a way out of nowhere, <laughs> but but it, it's a process, and I think the process of it is is beautiful. Yeah. And that 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 burst the testimony that you have, and so that's what. That's why you're allowed to or you're able to go and, and mentor and, and empower the youth because you're like, bro, I've, I've been through everything you've been through. Mm-hmm. And even us as, you know, late 20s, early 30s, like, you know, we we still have people that can say the same thing to us. You yeah. know, like, man, I've been through my 30s. I know what you're about to go through, what yeah. you're going through right now. And so it's refreshing to have uh, people that, you know, love to pass down their wisdom and their knowledge and their mm-hmm. testimony because mm-hmm. – you know, somebody's testimony can save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, I truly believe that. I've seen it happen before, and, uh, you know, I continue to see it on a daily basis. So, 
you definitely don't don't be afraid, man. People out there, don't be afraid to share your testimony, mm-hmm. because you know what God has brought you through and what He's pushing you through can bless and can save somebody else's life. So, yeah, uh, definitely. So with you walking through this journey of surrender, mm-hmm. there's probably some people that you had to let go yeah. on this <laughs> on this journey. Yeah. What, what was that like? Uh, being being at the tender age mm-hmm. of twenty three, yeah. like I think about twenty three year old me. What I gotta exactly. let go? What I gotta yeah. deny? What my friends? What no? My riders? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think the best, the easiest way for me, uh, and it was easier because I was out in California, mm-hmm. so I didn't have Away my friends around me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. I kind of went into a little, little hibernation mode because. Uh-huh. I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had let my family down. I felt like mm-hmm. I let my city down, let mm-hmm. myself down. People mm-hmm. that, you know, all those people who was telling me, hey, man, you're the best athlete. You're doing mm-hmm. it for the city. I felt like I let all those people down. But those people ain't put no pressure on me. Yeah. That pressure was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that I, I had to deal with first. And so I was out in California. Nobody knew where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know, I got off of I was never really a social media guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Always was private. Told you I ain't, I ain't like the attention. So <laughs> I got off social media like in 2009. And at this time, this was like 2012, 13. Mm-hmm. And so nobody knew where I was at. Nobody knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that, 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 that incubation period where God was like, all right, since you want to hide, then we're going to work on some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for me to... I had to really check myself first because I couldn't try to lead my boys closer to God if I'm not doing the right things. Right. And so, at first they laughed at me. I ain't gonna lie. Them boys, like, like you doing what? Actual laugh? Like, really laughed oh, at me. Okay. Literally laughed at me. <laughs> Literally laughed at me because I'm, t- I'm telling them I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Them boys like, bro, you... You sleep, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't, I'm, I'm gonna forever do that, and yeah. so, and so at that time, you know, it was, it was, it was hurtful, you yeah. know. But uh, I think, like I said, it was easy because I was out in California and nobody, I didn't know anyone out there. Yeah. Um, I had an aunt that lived out there, but other than that, no ties to anybody. So I was able to, um, really allow God to use me. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, at that point. It was it was also a flip side to it. Nobody knew who I was, right. so I could have did anything. Right, there, right. You know, and that's how you know disrespect to Cali, but people do anything out there, Ooh, and yeah, they, you, know, you can they conf- do. Yeah, you can yes. conform to Ooh. anything you want to yeah. do out there. So I could have, you know, and it, it, it just you know it, it it goes back to integrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I could have I could have been anything I wanted to out right. there. I could have started clean slate, you know, and. Mm-hmm. I chose to, at that period in my life, give it all to God, um, and you know that's that started that journey. And so, I didn't necessarily because one of the toughest things for me ever in life is for me to let people go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have to pray to let people go, mm-hmm. and I probably still don't do it. You know, <laughs> and, 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 but it's it's I'm gonna do it a little bit. Exactly, it's something that I've been working on, uh, especially the last year. Mm-hmm. I've lost some some close friends um i don't even know why mm-hmm. you know i think it's you know sometimes when god is calling you higher and mm-hmm. you know certain people you know can't go Where with you, you. Right. um and, you know and it can be life as well yeah, life people yeah. grow apart but when you share so many years of, of intimacy with somebody as far as a close brother a yeah. close friend 
it just don't go away like that. Right. Yeah. And so I had a few uh, relationships that went away like that. And it hurt me mm-hmm. like to the core because I didn't, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, well, why, why aren't we like this? Why aren't we still as close as we used to? And so I always looked at it as a, that God was using me to help bring my family or my friends closer to him. Mm-hmm. So I can't let them go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because if I do, then I'm acting like I'm better than them. Mm-hmm. So let me be an example. Let me be a disciple. Yeah. Let me let me be what what God has called me to be, and maybe that'll bring people closer to Him. Man, yeah. that's good. That's so before your moment of surrender, mm-hmm. how would you have explained God to someone? Before the moment of surrender. Before. Ah, oh, man. They say they say a lot of times you look at God. How you look at your earthly relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest earthly relationship that I had at that moment was my mom. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she ain't play. She ain't play the radio. Mm-hmm. She ain't play no games, man. So <laughs> I thought that, you know, my mom would, would punish me when I did wrong. Yeah. And so that's what I thought God was. I yeah. thought he was a punisher. Mm-hmm. This man with his great wrath. But he, he got, he got he his wrath. Okay. He got that. Don't play. But, yeah. right. but I was never... I was never taught that like I said she gave us that tough love yeah. and so that's what I thought God did like anytime I messed up oh man you about to get punished you know yeah. what I'm saying or anytime I sinned or did anything that I shouldn't have been doing then I'm, I'm, I'm ready for God to make something happen in my life not in a good way but in a bad way you know mm-hmm. it's going to be consequences yeah. and so that's what I thought God was and like yeah. I said growing up I thought he was you know as long as we can be good on Sunday we do whatever we want to Monday through Saturday and so at that point in my life, that's when God was like, oh, bro, like I, I got tender love for you, unfailing mm-hmm. love, right. mercy, grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be afraid of me. Right. You, know, you, you want to fear me, but not the carnal fear. Right. You want to have you want to have yeah. that godly fear of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No condemnation. No condemnation. Right. Yeah. So so that's what I would explain to people. I, you know, God going to get you. you yeah. know? And that's what I would have would have said before that surrenders. Yeah. And you said this a little bit, but was it hard being in that hidden silent season? Mm-hmm. Because now you don't have athlete exactly. anymore. It's something that people are identifying you as. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Up until the point where now you're known as JT who yeah. does this blah blah blah. So it was it was tough because I mean I st- I still worked out. Yeah. You know, so every time I would go to the gym and do some type of football related activity, mm-hmm. people, I'm still built the same, ain't mm-hmm. nothing changed yeah. about that. So people still associated me with athletics. Yeah. And it was tough for me to be like, yeah. you know, hey, I'm not in that no more. Yeah. And it was, it was a point to where, you know, maybe one conversation, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good one about football. Then the next one, I'll just, just brush it off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I don't even want to talk about, about that, yeah. you know? And so it was kind of like a tug and war. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still trying to be that athlete as well. And I feel like I'm always, even my shirt, you know, yeah. like when we produce athletes. Yeah. Uh, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiandra Hood, she in Atlanta. So okay. she, she is her clothing line. And, but anyway, um, I, uh, I looked at that situation and I was like, man, I, I can always be athletic, mm-hmm. but I don't need to have my identity in being an athlete. Right. Um, and so 
it was kind of tough because people still associated me with football. Even to this day, like, man, you play LSU? I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you play ball at? You know, so it's, it's, you know, people still associate you. You know, they see your build, and then they also see the lock, so they automatically assume football. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so um, you know, it's one of those things that you just have to, just got to push through and get over. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, in this surrender season, and mm-hmm. you're in California where nobody knows you, mm-hmm. JT is doing what? He's working. He's dating. He's Ice skating, he's biking, <laughs> hiking. What are, what are you doing in Cali besides getting closer to God? Man, I was uh, <laughs> working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I started right after right after I was done with, with, with football. So I went undrafted with the Detroit Lions, went to rookie minicamp, uh, went to the CFL, signed with the BC Lions, mm-hmm. and my contract was terminated before I got up there so right after that um, I remember it just like it was yesterday my mom came out there to visit me and she challenged me she was like you have all these gifts and talent that God has given you mm-hmm. you gotta let it go mm-hmm. and I remember I cried mm-hmm. you know I was like man I can't let it go it's been it's been my this been my life mm-hmm. I remember I used to tell my mom at five years old like driving past they used to have this uh, place behind Walmart where they had like these model homes mm-hmm. just sitting there. I used to tell my mom, I'm gonna buy you one of those houses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was banking on going to the NFL to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, for 20 years of my life, that's what it was. And when she challenged me, she was like, well, you gotta, you gotta let that go. Yeah. And at that point, I actually, that was the, the most I ever felt it. I felt it leaving me. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like, man, you gotta, I felt God said, you gotta let it go, bro. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I started, uh, Working with Hertz, uh, so I was I, I was trying to still train for football mm-hmm. and have a career to where it's not that demanding. Yeah. What I thought, you know, right. what I thought. And it, <laughs> that's what I thought Ooh, at, at that time. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I can still train, and then if football came back, then I can just leave and not be committed to anything. I had an aeronautics, uh, aeronautic engineering All degree. Right. Mm. from Kent State so that's why I got my bachelor I could have went into that field yeah. but I was like man I was still trying to hold on to football so I started working with Hertz and you know two three years later I'm a district manager managing five or six locations in downtown mm-hmm. San Diego um, and then at that time I also started getting my master's and then I started playing professional basketball as well mm-hmm. with the uh, San Diego Kings in the ABA league out there so I was working full-time managing locations for like 10 hours mm-hmm. and then I would go to play professional basketball and then I was also a full time student in my masters mm-hmm. so it was a lot going on right. the time. <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know outside of that also being involved with small groups um, mm-hmm. I wasn't involved with uh, the church that I was going to out there as much as like serving mm-hmm. I was just in and out it was a pretty big church so I was yeah. just in and out but um, I did find a small group a, a group of guys that mm-hmm became my brothers out there and they helped me through this process helped me grow uh not only as a young man but as a man of god yeah yeah wow so you kind of already said you didn't imagine your life looking this way right Mm -hmm. but what about where you are now is confirmation that god's promises um still stand like that he still heard you they do yeah they do it um uh, when I was 18 years old, a week before it was time for me to go to Kent State, um, you know, I received a prophecy 
over my life in, in church in front of my mom, everybody. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm like, prophecy, what is that? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Not being familiar with the word, you yeah. don't know what that is. So you thinking people just making stuff up. Right. So before he had me stand up, you know, he had two older women in our church stand up and he prophesied over their lives and they crying. And I'm like, man, this this, this ain't real. real you right? know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, dude, like I said, if he was standing in the room with us right now, I would not even know who he yeah. was. I wouldn't yeah. even recognize him. He had me said to the young man that's going to uh, going to school, play football, stand up. I stood up. And he said, man, God told me to tell you that your dreams are going to come true. Mm. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty vague. Anybody can say that. <laughs> and then he said, but God sees you at night when you're doing your push-ups and you're working out in your home and you're sitting on your bed and you cry because you want to give back to so many people. Mm. And when he said that, you know, my mother lived in the same house with me. And at that time, my, my mom, you know, my stepdad was there as well. Mm-hmm. And so... Nobody knew that stuff. Yeah. Nobody knew that stuff was going on. Like I had took some dumbbells from my school. Yeah. Uh, I hope the statue of limitations up for that. I ain't want to. Put that <laughs> right. I stole some dumbbells from my oh, school no. to get some extra work in, and uh, I would do my push-ups, my sit-ups, and then I sit on my bed and just pray mm-hmm. and just cry that same prayer that I used to pray every night, and because um, I wanted better for everybody around me, my family. Like yeah. I said, even the guys that grew up in the in the streets and the projects with me, I wanted better for them even st- to this day still do and so when he said that like that's the first time that I felt the spirit felt the Holy Spirit and yeah. I just cried I couldn't stop crying yeah. and he, he, t- he said God said your dreams are going to come true because you want to give back to so many people and he told me about the first two people that I meet in college were going to act like they're my friends and they weren't and I found that out that mm-hmm. they come true and so at that time when I got to you know that time for professional sports when he said my dreams gonna come true at that time, football was my dream. Yeah. yeah. So that was another factor that played into the part. Like, God, oh, well, did you lie to me? Right. Was that prophecy real? Right. And he and now I understand and look back. He's like, Nah, you living your dream. Right. You want to give back, right? right. Mm. That was your heart. You want to mm-hmm. be a, a a servant. You want to be a slave to others. You want to be a leader. So that's what I'm doing now. And yeah. so I look back. It, it made him look. It made doesn't look like the way that I wanted to. But God is like, man, I'm going to use you more in this capacity than I ever could by you catching a football or playing or or, or shooting a basketball. Yeah, you're helping change generations. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So at this point, what do you like most about the man you're evolving into? Uh, The thing that I like the most now is that I'm vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'm vulnerable, transparent, I've surrendered it all. Mm-hmm. I pray it every single day. I know me and you was talking, killing mm-hmm. about Jonathan McReynolds, that move that over. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite song. I play mm-hmm. it, play it every day. Yeah, see, I, I, I knew Brandy, my dog, man. Come I knew on. that. But that that song is just, yeah. you know, that it it, it, it touches me a mm-hmm. lot every time I hear it. Like it's everything. I don't care if it's my family, my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes our purpose and our, our calling can get in the way of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so you never want you never want to be in a situation to where you're looking to things of this world, mm-hmm. our jobs, our careers, our families, the girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever the case may be for that purpose, for that mm-hmm. worth, for that acceptance. Athletics, you know what I'm saying? Because if you look at that, then you find yourself like myself when 23 years old yeah. and when it's taken away from you, yeah. then you're like, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, but if we look at God for all those things that we're looking for, mm-hmm. that he can move everything out the way 
so we can have that intimacy and that presence with him, Man. then that's when we really feel the true power and, and we have that understanding of, of who God really is. Man. Yeah. So, so do you find um, with working with the youth now, 2019, mm-hmm. you've evolved into um, this new man, this new yeah. creation, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> being vulnerable. Like, so we hear the stereotype, men don't cry, yeah. uh, black men, this, that, yeah. the other. You're, you're engaging with a, a group, a group of youth in mm-hmm. a very tough area code, exactly. zip code, mm-hmm. that you have to be a man first, but a man that is seeking after God's heart. Exactly. How do you uh, portray or just show your abilities Ability. to still mm-hmm. be a man first and do all of those things without selling out yeah. or <laughs> seeming weak or exactly. all those things? I think, um, I said it goes back to the details part. Um, everything that I've done in my life, my accomplishments, mm-hmm. um, my background, the environment I grew up in, and it speaks for itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever it takes for me to draw them in, because mm-hmm. yeah. nowadays you hear, I hear them all, yeah. I want to play ball, I want to go to the NFL, I want to mm-hmm. play. Well, you got to play high school basketball first, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, it, it everybody sees that end point, but you, it's, it's a story and a process in between. And so I think, because of the things God has allowed me to do with mm-hmm. football, with basketball, with you know schooling, education, uh, being an air traffic controller, being a you know CEO or president of a company, that draws them in. Yeah, and yeah. then when they when they're drawn in, when they when you have their attention, yeah. then that's when you like see all that stuff that you came here mm-hmm. and, yeah. and thinking that I was going to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. That don't mean nothing. Right. It mm-hmm. means nothing if you don't have God first in your life, and so. I really feel like that's why God is in the details because yeah. he allows you to experience all these different things and he wants you to use them for his glory. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's going on in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we look back at what society has, has told us how to be a real man mm-hmm. or a real black man or a strong man and mm-hmm. all that stuff is weak. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. real men follow God, right. real men follow Jesus and mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to to talk about that, you know, now. Right. Back in the days, you know, when real men had all the women, real men yeah. was the athletes, you know right. what I'm saying? But if you don't have God, if you're not taking care of your family, right. if you're not, you know, giving back to others, helping others, you know, if you're not being transparent and vulnerable about the things that God has done in your life, then you're as less of a man as anything there was. So yeah. I definitely, we just have to change that, that stigma and that, um, attitude that real men are not emotional. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like we gotta we gotta change that. Like real men follow God, and so yeah. I just try to instill that into every youth that I come across. Yeah, that's good. So in the beginning, you talked about how growing up there was so much going on around you, mm-hmm. but no one talked to you about it. Yeah. And I feel like as the church, you know, as people who represent mm-hmm. the church, we do that. We don't right. talk about anything um especially during church service you know we just touch on the surface but it's like it's a little deeper how does your experience um play out when you are having conversations 
with these boys? Like, because I'm going to just assume that you're getting like real, real mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm at, at, at first <laughs> conversation, I ain't trying to pull their life story. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just the counseling. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me everything. But, <laughs> but you want them, you want them to feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, because many of their situations that they're in. Um, they don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. They don't have any trust for anybody. They don't want to tell anybody anything. They feel like that they can handle it on them on their own. You know, I hear 15, 16 year old young men say it all the time, like, "Bro, I ain't got nobody. I don't need nobody. I'm good." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, nah, that ain't that ain't true, bro. Because right. when you get 19, 20, you know, early 20s, bro, you're gonna be hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're gonna be seeking somebody yeah. to help you get through the stuff that you held in for. For, for five to ten years yeah. thinking mm-hmm. that you didn't need anybody and so I just try to be that that comfort zone that they can they can talk to man you know that yeah. they can they can come to if you don't feel like talking that day well, we ain't gonna talk you yeah. know what I'm saying that's it if you feel like talking one day then we're gonna talk about everything that you want to mm-hmm. so I always just try to you know put the ball in their court and and just be there for them meet them where they at at that point mm-hmm. and then whatever comes you know from it yeah. um, and just try to be sensitive to the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. when he's telling me to back off, when he's telling me to go or tell him this mm-hmm. or do this, or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it, it it all works, works together. I'm just trying to, you know, it's, it's not me doing these things. Like I said earlier today, yeah. is is that's the thing about humility. Humility is not having greatness inside of you. It's greatness being done through you. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that I always kept with me and always kept me humble because I always gave God the credit for the things that are doing in my life like people like man you got to give yourself I, yeah I, I work hard but if it wasn't for the gifts and talents and the grace that God has given me and the ability and the mindset for me to do these things I wouldn't be doing them. Yeah. And so wow. yeah. so good so working with the youth uh-huh. you have a lot of projects going on tell uh-huh. us about them well this year this year has been a very busy year it's crazy we we've done about I would say about all together, like 10 events, wow. and we only been a, a non-profit officially for about five months. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. We, we do, um, throughout the Baton Rouge community, we do uh, these things called Pray and Shoot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we mm-hmm. go out to Red Storm. We, uh, we do a devotional at mm-hmm. the beginning. We ask for, you know, prayer requests. We pray with the youth, and then we play basketball for two hours. You know, mm-hmm. just a place that they can come and get a word, but also have fun and play basketball. Um, you know, I'm out there on Saturday mornings with a few athletes, you know, throughout the city and uh, teaching them, you know, a little bit of the wisdom and knowledge that I have with the game of football, with ladder drills, footwork, mm-hmm. um, teaching them about their different positions in football and, um, you know, just mentoring them and talking to yeah. them throughout that session. Uh, we do that. Um, our first big event was back home. So we have four different chapters in Empower University. Um, Baton Rouge, um, Atlanta, and Phoenix City, Alabama, Mm -hmm. Columbus, Georgia. So that was the the Georgia and Alabama chapters. Mm -hmm. In North Carolina, we have Charlotte. And in Dallas, or in Texas, we have Dallas. Mm -hmm. So we've done at least one event in each one of those uh, cities. Um, The first one, I said, was back home. My best friend passed away when I was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, had diabetes. And so we did the first annual Lil Marcus weekend. It was his name. And so we had a bowling event. Uh, Saturday was a dunk for diabetes basketball tournament with a Mm -hmm. bunch of youth, uh, youth teams playing 
Um, and then Sunday, I was a guest speaker at a youth day. So our birthdays were two two days apart. So we celebrated that together. He was a year older than me, so it was his 30th. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We came back out here. Kendallin, I think you was a part of the U Bash. You yes, came out. It was, uh, it was a great time. <laughs> you know, partnered with Empower 225, which has been a, a blessing to mm-hmm. me. Um, that nonprofit has actually sparked pretty much Empower University as well. You know, just the, the heart that they have for the kids in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they have also given me an opportunity to mentor um, a lot of kids throughout their program. And so without them giving me that opportunity, I wouldn't have probably put in motion Empower University and been working the way that we working now. And um, during UBASH, we had, UBASH was in Baton Rouge, it was in Atlanta, it was in Charlotte and Dallas, all on the same day. Wow. So so we, we've, been, we've been working, but I try not to um, allow my purpose to be my prison mm-hmm. not trying to do events just for you know to keep our name in the loop or mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to be out there no this is this is God's work mm-hmm. it's not it's not you know I don't, I don't get paid for any of this mm-hmm. you know so it when I feel like you're doing God's work in my opinion it's just me yeah. just me I feel like myself that yeah if I get paid for it, it's cool but mm-hmm. if I don't I've sown seeds, right. you know what I'm saying? I call myself a farmer and a fisherman now, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because we just, we catching catching them fish and sowing seeds and spreading seeds throughout. So that's that's something that, you know, we've been we've been trying to, you know, have as our motto and as as our, uh, our vision and mission continue to, you know, grow. We just want to make sure that we're not doing this just so people can see things or people yeah. can... You know, hey man, this person is nah, man. We doing this because we really care for the youth. Yeah. Our heart is in it, and we feel like this is what God has called us to do. Yeah, sound yeah. like us. <laughs> yeah, we're talking yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, so transitioning, mm-hmm. all right, to um, the one that all people want to hear about. Uh-uh. You know how that goes. So being, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like people like to talk about stuff like this. Oh, so okay. being a young black single, uh-huh. sold out. Okay, it's so a difference between like believing in God. True. And being True. sold out, mm-hmm. like you are, like special. Because I, because <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had plenty of conversations with my friends just uh-huh. about like, like where is the equivalent? Like where are they at? You exactly. know, you can exactly. get a person to be like I go to church, but you know, you're right. It's it levels. There. It's right. levels to it. Yeah, it it's is. levels. It is. How has that been for you? And then to the only other question to that um, is. Has there been any similarities as being an athlete, like just who people know? Because mm-hmm. um, I, in my mind, I'm just like, everybody's like, I got to get them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think one thing that sports has taught me a lot is discipline. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I was, I said, with all humility, I was always the hardest worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I would stay late. Uh, I would come early uh, to, to practices and, and work extra. I would try to lead others to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and it trans it translates and transitions so well into my spiritual life, because uh, one of my spiritual mentors he's like, man, you're not gonna, it ain't no competition, but you're not gonna out God me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I was in them streets, you want to go out drink me, you know right, what I'm saying? So right. now you're not gonna you're not gonna out God me, right. and that's the mindset that I have. Like mm. when I Every that same energy, you know, boys say keep that same energy, right. that same energy that I had when I was out there chasing women or chasing football or basketball. Like, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to put that same energy into God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to leave anything on the field. Uh, I'm not going to leave anything on the court. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it all. I'm a, I'm a matter of fact, I'm going to leave it all on the court and on the field. And God is going to see that. And so it transitioned greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard work, the dedication, you know, I worked out privately. Like a lot of things that I did with football, like extra work, nobody mm-hmm. saw it. Yeah. And so that's the same thing with my spiritual life. Like mm-hmm. people see the, people see you you praying and you, mm-hmm. you ministering and, and discipling to others, but they don't see you when you're on your face. They yeah. don't see you when when you're in that word. Right. They don't see you when you're crying and you 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 asking for that that deeper intimacy with God when you're yeah. by yourself. Yeah. And so I think when you do those things privately, that's when God you know gives you that reward publicly. Yeah. yeah. Amen to public rewards. Yes. (laughs) So being set apart has its benefits, but it's also has its downsides Mm -hmm. in our human minds, at least. Um, What are some challenges for you? The challenges is feeling like you're alone. Um, You know, being a person that tries to be a visionary, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that sees the best in everybody. Yeah. Um, you get hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, you put expectations on people that they don't even have on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, man, like, is this all worth it? You know, you, you get into that mode because you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only one that's really trying to seek after God. And you feel like you, you, you have the most pain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it, it I think being a feeling like you're alone, and at some point feeling like people don't really understand you at that point. Um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I face. And then also, you know, when you, when you're going through that crushing, that crushing period, that purification process that God puts you through, mm-hmm. you're like, man, like, you know, if I'm going through this, but I know the reward gotta be great. You know what I'm saying? Gotta be great. And so it, it, it's just about being patient, trusting in him, mm-hmm. something that I truly have had to do the last, six years of my life is yeah. trusting him yeah. and you know I still work on that mm-hmm. on a daily basis because there's some things that happened to my life that I don't understand right. you know and so I got to try to take my intellectual understanding out of it because you know as the words say his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are right. higher than our thoughts so yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why stuff happened to me 10 years ago <laughs> God like bro we passed that right, man right. like move Pitch forward up, right. exactly. <laughs> but that can leave you stuck in your spiritual life yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying in life period you dwelling on things of the past mm-hmm. when you 10 years removed from it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Not to diminish the pain that you felt, but that's what God, that's what God is about. He's about restoration, reconciliation. So if you still holding on to things that happened 10 years ago, mm-hmm. he can't work in you. He can't take you to that level that he really trying to take you Correct. to yeah. without you, you know what I'm saying? Holding on to that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, using your, your, your spiritual eyes is, would you say your discernment level for people has changed? Yeah, my discernment level for people. <laughs> uh-oh. I'm an athlete catching cramps yeah. in here. What a, what a pickle juice, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. Seriously, we probably have. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we good, we good. Say okay, the question one more right. time. Okay. Uh, looking through your spiritual eyes, uh-huh. uh, your discernment for people, mm-hmm. has it changed? Um, I... I I pray all the time for God to allow me to see people as he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm one of those guys that 
trust you until you give me a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also grew up in the streets, so I have street smarts as well. Mm-hmm. So I know that I may let you think I'm trusting you, but I don't, I don't fool with you. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it, like I said, going to the details part where God has allowed me to have book and street smarts. So I'm able to discern things in the practical sense, in the physical sense, but also he's given me some wisdom and understanding to discern things in the spiritual. Mm. And so it's a, uh, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? You don't know which one. It, sometimes it, it, I get confused on which one is which. Oh, yeah, and like I said, gosh. I love to hold on to people and I always look mm. at it as an opportunity to, to minister to them. But, you know what I'm saying? Just be a light to I'm them. I'm saving them. Exactly. 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 You can teach me this. Right? Exactly. I can learn this. So, right. you, so you, you, get, right. you be in situations that, you know, that you shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. And not saying that you're doing anything wrong, but yeah. like you can't, everybody can't be pulling on your energy. Everybody can't be pulling on your calling and your purpose because now you're pouring and you're pouring out like you talked about, Brandon, yeah. and nobody is pouring it back in. Yeah. So. Though necessary. My bad, man. I ate. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I thought you were about to say, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with Brandon yeah. a little bit more. Y'all like BFF. <laughs> I'm good, though. I'm cool. Um, no, we, we tight, Kim. We know that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Though necessary. Mm-hmm. Do you find it exhausting trying to figure out like what you were just talking about yeah. like is this the lord like is this you know i feel like yeah. for me i'm tired no. <laughs> but you have to yeah. yeah it's mentally it's mentally draining yeah. at times because you know like i said it's all about the the, the intimacy uh with the spirit like you gotta yeah. you gotta sit down and you know no matter how busy you are throughout the day yeah you have to invite the presence of god in. yeah and if you don't then you're just making decisions on your own. And even with that, it's still tough. Like it's yeah. still it, it, it's still tough. And so yeah, it, it's a it's a mental battle. Yeah. Um because, you know, our flesh and the spirit are fighting daily, you know, and so you just gotta try to try to ask for that wisdom, that discernment as much as you can to make the right decisions. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So as we wrap it up. Okay. Um it's funny. I was uh, at this event one time, and I was like, "What is the uh, one thing that God told us to do?" And they were naming everything, but the thing. They're like, "Pray, uh, talk to your neighbor." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Love." Oh yeah. my gosh, love. So, <laughs> love and spread the good news, right? Yeah. And we're all created um, as individuals, uniquely made for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think is your unique message to the people to to fill the kingdom? I think my unique message that God has, has given me throughout my life, mm-hmm. you know, with my testimony is that when we we can look to the things of this world for mm-hmm. temporary happiness, peace, joy, mm-hmm. like I said, aliveness, belonging, security, significance, whatever you may be looking to the things of the world for, but you will only tr- only truly find that true happiness and whatever you're looking for in God. And, you know, you look at, you know, people all the time who have a lot of money and they're miserable. You have people Mm -hmm. who have no money and they're the joyous people you ever met. And so it it just puts in perspective that in in the grand scheme of things, none of these things on earth really matter. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's about faith, hope, and love. And as you said, the greatest of these is love. Mm -hmm. And that's showing love to everybody. I don't care what religion, what 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 race mm-hmm. what what you 
believe in the the, the universal language is love. Yeah. And once we continue to show that, once we start showing that on a daily basis, no matter what somebody looks like, no matter what uh, background somebody comes from, mm-hmm. I think we can start seeing this world change hmm. for the better, put a dent into it. And so I really feel like God is it, it, it's calling me to, to do something great. And yeah. I'm not going to stop until, you know, he tells me to stop, you know, yeah. which he, he won't. Right. Until he takes you out of here. Exactly. You got to keep going. And so I just feel like he has used everything, like I said, going back to the details, everything that I've done in my entire life to represent my calling and my purpose. And I owe it all to him. Yeah. I owe it all to him. What a blessing it is to see that. Right. Yeah. That was the dopest answer. Yeah, Man. <laughs> this conversation has been amazing. It has been refreshing, and very man. refreshing for yeah. me. Yeah. Like uh, I got myself some stuff well. to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, some journaling. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we go, I know you personally might not want to be found, uh-huh. but right. where can the people find you, especially with your organization? Mm-hmm. Where you at? Um, social media, email, yeah. next event like coming up if there is one. The next event that we're going to do, I'll, I'll start with that first. The next event that we're going to do will be in uh, Columbus, Georgia, and Phoenix City. So for Christmas, we're just going to uh, adopt three or four families mm-hmm. and uh, help them out with, you know, not necessarily a Christmas wish list, but we're just going to provide for them with mm-hmm. food, clothing, whatever they need in that yeah. season. So we're going to be doing that. Um, and then as far as, you know, social media, like I said, we've been off for I've been off for 10 years. It's yeah. my first year getting back on social media. <laughs> so I'm still new to it, but I feel like I'm getting a, a, a grasp to it. But uh, you can follow our page. Uh, Empower University is the name of my nonprofit, but uh, University Enterprises is the LLC. So it's underneath that. Okay. So it's uh, Y-O-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y underscore E-N-T. So there's University with the Y-O in front of the U. And uh, underscore E N T, and then myself, uh, Jacquees Terry, J A C Q U I S E T E R R Y. That's Instagram and Facebook. Um, so just check us out, man. We're doing some amazing things. Our website is empoweruniversity.net. Um, university spelled the same as it is in uh, University Enterprises. So um, that you, you know, if I can get on that real quick, yeah, we can. we wanted to. Be unique, and yeah. uh, we want to focus on you as the youth, you as the person. Mm. And so that's why we threw Y-O in front of university. Still, I know a lot of people say you university, <laughs> yeah. but it's just university. Still said the same, just spelled a little different. Yeah. So empoweruniversity.net, you can check out all our different chapters, all the events that we're doing. Um, you know, shout out to God and Lemonade. Thank you guys for having Aww. me. You're amazing. I knew about God and Lemonade a couple of months uh, when I ago when I met Kendallin and you know, just seeing the things that you know, you guys are doing and a part of. And like I said, it's finally good to meet the other half. Uh, and um, you know, just shout out to all my board members and you know, family and anybody who had a part in me being the man that I am today. Um, you know, with AQ Productions, that's uh, my boy Ty, man. He comes out and help us out. Uh, Takoy Visuals, mm-hmm. they're on Instagram as well. T-I-Q-U-O-Y does some more pictures as well. Empower mm-hmm. Universe, Empower 225 
um, Healing Place Church, everybody, man. Yeah. You know, you, know, you got to throw your everybody, little shout-outs everybody, in there. Everybody, yeah. Everybody, man. And so I, I just encourage everyone to just, you know, instead of trying to find that purpose and that calling in life, just find a need. There's yeah. needs all around. And I feel like when you find that need, then you'll find your purpose and your calling. Yeah. Amen. So. That's dope. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank nah, you. no problem. I Thank appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. All right, guys. Well, that is a wrap. So until next time, remember, God is in the details.